Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our fall finale of Cape Sports Now, the Cape Cod Times' is only all sports, all local sports podcast. My name is Steve Dedarian, alongside Matt Goisman. Matt, today's the first day of winter sports practices, but with this show, we're going to look back to the fall. So many great memories, so many outstanding things to discuss. Absolutely. And uh, uniquely this year, I shouldn't say too uniquely, but Fall season ended with Thanksgiving football. It's not yeah, something right? we've been used to in the last couple of years. Yeah, usually we've uh, been able to make a trip to Gillette for the state football championships. It didn't happen this year. That's okay. We still got three state championships this fall. It was a very good su- uh, season, I think, for Cape Cod sports. Uh, and so today we're kind of just going to wrap it up a little bit. We're, we should have some guests on the show for the first time ever. We're, there's always some technical difficulties, so I don't want to say will. But mm-hmm. I think we should be talking to some of the coaches that won state championships this year. Uh, but until then, uh, we're, this is going to be a little bit more freeform. We're kind of just going to go through some of our best memories and stories that we, that we got to cover this fall and, and stuff that we're going to remember you know, in six months, a year from now, things like that. Absolutely. And if we want to talk with you know, fall storylines, we kind of saw one wrap up this Thursday on Thanksgiving with Mashpee football. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really something to be said when a school as small as Mashpee really captures the attention of the state. 28 straight victories Absolutely. dating back to, um, you know, 2016. You know, were the Falcons perfect? No, but they were one of the toughest football teams I've ever seen, Absolutely. you know, full stop. You know, I did a story on senior Tyler Cuozo Cuzo, mm-hmm. as they called him. You know, he came back after having a tumor removed near his brain and yep. still played his final game of career. I mean, if that's not tough, I don't know what yeah, is. Right? It really kind of epitomized that team. And, you know, there's just a winning culture there. And yes, of course, it helps when you had three potential Division One players in Devon Ford, mm-hmm. Xavier Gonzalez, who is UMass bound, and Cam Kurgo. Sure. But, you know... And some other collegiate talent that came that through takes, the system before right, then. And that takes, that takes a winning culture. And, and like I said, we saw it in the Thanksgiving game with their offensive line and their just overall toughness. Mm-hmm. That's something that a lot of programs w- would kill for. I mean, that's what they're building toward. And you've heard that from other teams. And I really doubt this is the last we've seen from Mashby. Yeah, maybe they'll go down a little bit after you know like losing Ford, Kurgo, and Gonzalez, as I just mentioned. But um, it, it's a little bit of you know what could have been with Ford going down in the postseason. Yeah, what could have been maybe a four peat. But this group certainly has a lot to be proud of, and um, you know would have been a great ma- rematch with BVT, which made it back to the Super Bowl this year. Yes, they did. They're going to play St. Mary's, a team that uh, Mashby beat last Mashby. year in the fem- semifinals and right. beat during the regular season. This, yeah, I mean they were. Really, one freak injury that they there was just no way to recover from or expect. Uh, you know, I, you were talking about the toughness of the line. I, I think the job Chris Rendigs has done as their line coach has been really, really strong since he's come come on. I mean, every year, every two years, they have to get a new offensive and defensive line in, and he just finds more people, more underclassmen, gets them to play together and to play hard and to play for each other. And that's always been critical to a Mashpee team that runs the ball a lot. I mean, they always have during these these runs to state championships. <laughs> they didn't complete a pass on I mean, Thanksgiving. I mean, they had to run the ball entirely from yeah. the middle of the second quarter on because they lost their quarterback. Pretty right? much. Albeit it was four-degree wind chill at kickoff, so 
<laughs> yeah, passing wasn't really on the menu anyway. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, we saw with the Barnstable football game how right. that cold really kind of killed the passing game for Falmouth didn't try, Barnstable tried, but it was not effective. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, in that case, the season team, well, at least with that sort of offense, is going to win. And you saw Kyle Connolly uh, in Falmouth's 34-14 win over Barnstable. Another just really completely dominate. Yeah. They couldn't tackle him. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of Barnstable, Barnstable football is one of my favorite stories from this year. Them and Bourne, those were two programs that won Super Bowls not all that long ago and then kind of faded over the last three or four years to becoming kind of a little bit of non-factors in their conference, even though they didn't make the playoffs last year. It was really nice to see both of them uh, kind of return a little bit towards their old form, play well, both made the playoffs. Barnstable won a playoff game. They won the old Colony League for what probably is the last year the old Colony League is going to exist, or at least the last year they'll be in it. Uh, so it was really nice to see them kind of return to what what they used to be. You know, John McIntyre was the coach of the Bourne team that won the Super Bowl, I think it was 2011. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Ross Chicola, this is his first year with Barnstable. Uh, so those are two really good programs uh, this year. It was nice to see them play real well, especially for Bourne to wrap it up with a just a, a whitewashing of Wareham, uh, who... They knew. I think they knew they were going to. Even lose. their coach even said their, that their attendance their was poor beforehand. Yeah, their coach had no confidence, and I'm not saying that it was unfounded, but they just looked like a team that didn't believe they had any chance to win. Um, right. But both of those teams, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do next year. They're both losing really good senior quarterbacks, James Cahoon for Bourne. They're also losing Spencer Rose, who is one of his best receivers and one of Bourne's biggest playmakers on defense. Uh, and then Barnstable is losing, among others, Matt Peterkuski, their all-star quarterback, and Connor Baldessaro, their best deep threat receiver. So what each of them does next year, there's some questions about that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But I think Barnstable, I think the culture, I think you saw this year was changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Jacola is working on a you know three- or four-year plan to kind of bring up that next wave of Barnstable yeah. football players. And that takes some time, but... I think we saw them taking steps in the positive directions and oh, yeah. having those seniors this year obviously helped. Oh, yeah. But there's, I think, some budding players that are playing JVs right now and maybe a couple snaps on varsity sure. that I think we're going to see some new names emerge next year. And Barnstable can definitely, I think, should be expected to pull together at the very least a 500 season and get back into the playoffs. Yeah, I Just think the so. question's going to be, you know, who's next? Who's going to step up and fill those important roles and who's going to be under center? Agreed. So what else did... Uh... What else did you cover this fall that you that kind of sticks out for you? I was really impressed with the Sturgis West girls soccer team, and we mm-hmm. talked a little bit about girls soccer specifically on the Cape. You know, be maybe being at a bit of a disadvantage, just the talent across the bridge just seems to be a a step above at the very least. But you know, you play who you play, and Sturgis West played with the best of them this season. I mean, it's very difficult at Sturgis, as we've talked before in the mm-hmm. show, to build a team there. I mean, you yeah. have kids coming from all over different towns, kids who. Chances are probably haven't played before. Or and, certainly haven't played with each other. I mean, and, oh, sorry, played with each other before. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. And, you know, this year's seniors, Claire Melly, Jess Buchanan, Emma Ball, were all great leaders. But it was really the freshmen, players like Kate Donahue, who mm-hmm. were able to step in and kind of give that um, that edge to the team that they really needed. Um, really kind of reminded me of the Nauset boys team. You know, they defended and can score from all over. Mm-hmm. And they went 16-0. and They earned that number one seed, made the playoffs. Sure against Hull, which is a very good team in, in the semifinals. So this cool. credit to Coach Mike Ball and company, a lot to be proud of from that group. Cool, and I think we've got our first call coming in, so let's hear from Mary O'Connor, the coach of the DY field hockey team. 
Coach, can you hear us? Yes. Hey, it worked. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, this is the first time we've done this, so uh, hopefully everything goes smoothly. You make a little show history here. Yeah, my honor, huh? All right, yeah. <laughs> so, Coach, you know, you told me after – this is Steve, by the way. Uh, you, you told me after the game it didn't fully sink in yet that your girls have won the state title, but how about now, a week later? You know, how does that feel? Uh, yeah, it's sunk in by now. Um, it's great. It's, um, you know, everybody still is so excited. The entire school community is excited. Um, the communities of Dennis and Yarmouth. So, um, we've had a ton of congratulations and, you know, now we're getting ready to have the banquet and all that fun stuff. <laughs> Was there one game during this season where you kind of came away from that thinking, okay, we're we're really something this year. We can really ma match or or even improve on as the, as it turned out to be. You know, last year's team that had that great run to a, a South Sectional Championship and a, a berth in the state semifinals. Sure. Um, you know, we've had some pretty tough games all along. Um, you know, we tied Barnes Bowl at the beginning of the mm -hmm. season, so I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, and then we had, um, you know, we had we beat Falmouth at Falmouth. That was a good win for us. Um, I think the second time we played Duxbury at home and we beat them 2-0, mm -hmm. um, which was the last game of the season. But um, I thought after that game we were, we were ready for tournament um, and we were excited. And then, you know, our first tournament game, I think it was 2-0 that we won. Um, but then when we got those two games 6-0, I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this, is, this is pretty good. Yeah, and, you know, when you talk about that drive to the championship, obviously you, you, can't, uh, you can't leave out the Watertown game. Just being able to unseed them, I mean, what did that just feel like, being able to take down a program that had just completely dominated Division Two over the last decade? Yeah, they really have. Um, as you know, they've won nine straight state championships. Um, you know, after la after losing to them last year, we, we felt confident that we could get back to that spot and that we had the ability to beat them. And, um, and when it actually finally happened, happened, sorry, I kind of, I think I stood there for a few minutes in complete disbelief, but then I was like, <laughs> wow, we just did that. That's right. pretty awesome. What impressed um, me about that. So exciting. Sorry. What impressed me about that game is that this team was able you, – you were able to win without Kayla scoring, that, that the goals came from, I think, Lucy and, and Abby, if I recall correctly. I, at what point did the, the variety in the offense really start to, to become apparent to you that you had so many different people you could go to for goals, you know, whether it was one of those two or Shelby or Lily or, or Avery or, or any of the other players who scored for you this year? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I mean, Kayla certainly, she did, she did a tremendous job, and she was our leading scorer, but, um, you know, everyone else contributed. It was nice to know, because some teams, they would just, you know, once people caught on and figured out who Kayla was, um, you know, they would double-team her, and, mm -hmm. of course, that would leave other folks open. And, um, and everybody just contributed as much as they could. Lily was our second-leading goal scorer, I believe. Um with 20 goals followed by Abby Hicks. So, and they're all on the forward line. Mm -hmm. um, so it's great to have a lot of different options and in, in scoring power, really. Right. And then when it came to the championship, obviously that last, you know, drive with those penalty corners are anxious. And for a lot of people who don't know, even when time expires, 
you still had to clear the ball. So, I mean, what were you just trying to show the team or what were you kind of instructing there just in that last sequence? You know, we, um, up to that point, we, I think we only gave up four goals all season. Mm -hmm. I couldn't say how many were on corners. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe, well, not very many. Um, our corner defense has just done a tremendous job all season long. And so, yes, it was very nerve wracking, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, uh, I was confident that, you know, if they just did, did what they were supposed to do. And, and like we practiced so many times, um, against different offenses, um, I was confident and they were too. They did a great job. Right. Can you talk about Shelby on that last play too? You know, obviously she went down with a knee and she really has had to fight for the show much. I remember in basketball season, I was just looking back. She injured her shoulder actually too. And I was pretty bad. You know, just, just talk about how valuable was just her toughness and leadership just all season long. Absolutely incredible. Since day one, she, um, and even over the summer, her and some other seniors would get together and just play. Um, in the beginning of the season, she just said, this is, this is our year. We're mm-hmm. doing this. Um, and just, and her, you know, you see on the field, just her, her toughness and her ability to be all over the field. But she's also an extremely intelligent field hockey player. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes I would ask her, what do you think? What do you see out there? What do we need to work on? What do we need to fix? Um, and, and she was able to provide me with a lot of good insight, too, because, you know, she's right out there on the mix of it all. Um, but, you know, she's a, a great leader, and um, I'm just really happy. Well, <laughs> happy, I guess. Right. <laughs> you know, obviously... I- I think nobody quite expected Kayla to do quite what she did this uh, this fall, even though I'm, I'm sure you expected she she was ready for varsity play or you wouldn't have put her on varsity. Were there any other players who surprised you at all this fall with how much they improved from last year or their ability to step into an opening in the lineup or, or anything like that? Um, certainly her sister, Ava, mm-hmm. who played defense for us. Um, I knew they obviously were both very talented. They are very talented. Um, I figured they would somehow fit into our lineup maybe halfway into the season or so. I didn't realize it would be that early into the season that um, they moved up and we, we fit them in. Um, so, you know, Kayla and Ava, they were nice surprises. Um, Abby Hicks as a right wing. She had never played varsity before this season, and um, she stepped in and, did a great job, improved every single day. Um, as far as surprises, not surprised. I was happy with how our goalkeeper, Delana Gallagher, played mm-hmm. um, all season long, allowing only five goals all season. Um, but really, everyone on the team, just they had an incredible attitude that, um, you know, this was the year and they were going to do it. And they just worked so well together every single day. Mm-hmm. So. We have time for it. I think we can do one more, yeah. Yeah. Um, Coach, I was curious at the championship experience. You know, we got to watch the D1 game together and um, certainly a great finish, much like your game was. But I know there yeah. was some upset with the, um, you know, they had, a, I think, the Somerset Berkeley had a boy score both of those goals, including the winner. Yeah. Now, some calling for some MIA rule changes. We're just curious. You know, we understand. You've had to deal with this before, I think, five years ago with Max Allen. We're just curious what your yep. perspective is when this kind of issue resurfaces every so often. You know, it's it's really tough. I, I can get both sides 
of of the argument. Um, I know for me personally, having Max on my team was a great experience. I wouldn't have changed it. I wouldn't change that. Um, you know, I think I learned a lot as a, as a coach just from having mm-hmm. gone through that whole experience. Um, and one of the things, you know, I've had a lot of discussions with folks and um, it's tough. It's tough because when you personally get to know these student athletes, they're just students who want to mm-hmm. play field hockey right. and, and have a good time. So, um, you know, that's my personal experience and I think I'll leave it at that. Right. No, I understand. Um, I think that'll just about yeah, wrap it up. Yeah, I think that'll do it, Coach. Thanks so much. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Have you guys announced a banner raising time yet? Uh, we actually were working on that today, so we'll let you know. All righty. Thanks and a lot. if I could give a quick shout-out. Sure. Um, we, because we don't have turf, we were able to use Monomoy's turf to practice for tournament. Mm-hmm. Sam would let us use their turf. Barnesville, we were over there several times. So I just wanted to give a thank you to each of them for um, helping us out because it really helped make a difference. Absolutely, yeah. I think I saw Barstool even brought you guys cookies one night too. I saw they Coach did. Bishop at the <laughs> championship, so definitely a keep-wide support. It was, and it was great. Much appreciated. Great. All right, Coach Mary O'Connor, thank you thanks, so much, O'Connor, and thanks for making some show history. All right, thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, that was uh, DY field hockey coach Mary O'Connor uh, calling into the show. Hopefully yeah. that sounded well. We'll have to go play back and listen yeah, right. to it. And hopefully hopefully everyone at home heard it or else you just heard one-sided conversation. Us just muttering to each other into the mic, yeah. which uh, isn't all that different from our normal banter. Right, so. <laughs> but really uh, a great season, and I actually did appreciate O'Connor answering that question at the end mm-hmm. about um, Somerset Berkeley. I mean, there's a lot of debate, and obviously the MIA never seems to be the popular um, you know, recipient of these conversations, but uh, sure. Yeah, we got our second guest coming up yeah, right now. Timed it right, just right. Here is John McCauley, coach of the state champion Nosset boys soccer team. Coach McCauley, can you hear us? Yes, I can. How you guys doing? Good, coach. Uh, thanks so much for talking to us today. And thank you for having me on. So uh, I remember talking to you at the state championship that uh, for you personally, it was kind of pretty he- pretty hectic week. You had the championship and then you like flew out to be with your family like 12 hours later, something like that. Yeah, you know, uh, each year uh, in between high school and club season, I, I head off to Florida for uh, Thanksgiving. And, um, and this year, obviously, with the state title, uh, we postponed it until the last possible minute. And then when they <laughs> And then when we got the phone call on a Saturday morning that it was postponed, I had to change my flight as well, which worked out fine because I ended up getting a couple extra days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and matter of fact, I just flew in this morning. What, um, one of the things uh, with this year's team is, so obviously last year graduated a, a very strong senior class, obviously led by your son, uh, James. Who did you think coming into this year would provide kind of the leadership and did that turn out to be the kids who did it, or did other kids kind of step up that you maybe weren't expecting that, that kind of ran the team? Yeah, no, uh, good question. No, we, um, uh, you know, the, part of the key to our success each year is the leadership. Um, and our captains um, this year did an excellent job of uh, Avery Santoro, Abdel Talabi, and Curtis Moore. And we knew in the offseason uh, when they were working on their leadership school, uh, skills uh, that they were going to bring something special to this team. And, of course, they've learned from the uh, players before them. But Avery, Curtis, and Abdel uh, were tremendous leaders for this year's team. Mm-hmm. 
And with this year's team, it seemed like um, it kind of made it difficult to really game plan for one person. There were just so many. It seemed like someone different every game was scoring the goal you guys needed. You know, when that happens, does that just make it that much harder for teams to, to, to defeat your team, basically, when it comes down to no, it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, what it was is that we were just a more balanced team. Uh, we had some new faces, and those new faces uh, happened to be sophomores. And uh, I think we were just um, very much a balanced team across the board. I mean, uh, it doesn't hurt to have an All-American playing center back. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, we were pretty well balanced, not only defending, but more importantly, attacking. We were pretty well balanced. Right. And you, you and some of the players had mentioned during the year that this team might have overachieved a bit. So, I mean, when did you really get the feeling that you might have a championship team with this group? Well, it's funny. We, there, was, there was two games, and I hate to pick on New Bedford, but it was New Bedford <laughs> twice. Um, anytime you go to New Bedford, and this was very early in the season, I think it was the third game of the year, um, we had a great game with New Bedford, a game that could have gone either way, um, but we found out a way to grind out a 2 nothing result, which is always a great result when you're at New Bedford. Uh, at that point, we knew we had something good. We, we, we didn't know how special we were going to be. And uh, we found that out the second time that we played uh, New Bedford when we beat them five to nothing at Nauset, and they had just got done beating Brockton a week earlier. Uh, we knew we had uh, something special then, and a team that could win the state championship. I'm also really curious. You know, the, the Saturday you had off before the state championship, obviously one you weren't scheduling for. Can you tell us what the team did during that extra day to just stay loose and stay ready? Well, we we had practice. Um, you know, right after I got the phone call from my athletic director, I, I made uh, two calls. Uh, one to my captains, uh, re- which was really uh, three of them. And, uh, and then directly after that phone call, I called my team parent to coordinate our team dinner, uh, which we have before every game. So we had actually had one on Friday night <laughs> and then had to have another one on Saturday night. Um, and once we got that confirmed, we had practice before the team dinner. Uh, which was an excellent practice. Uh, sometimes you don't have the greatest practices, but probably our best practice of the year was before the state final. I, with this team, so two years ago, obviously had a very strong personal connection for you. Your son was on it. He was chasing your season, single season goal scoring record. This year, did you feel like you had a different kind of relationship to the championship than two years ago when there was kind of a sense of family to all of it? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, when your son's involved, you know, my, my, you know, originally, uh, when I was building the program, I was always, I always wanted to have a program that, that my son would appreciate, uh, would respect, uh, and have a great soccer experience. And, uh, I think we've done that. Uh, and him playing for me was excellent. Uh, it was a great experience for me as a father and hopefully for him as a son. Uh, but it was a little bit different at the beginning of the year. And I didn't know how I was going to handle it uh, because he was sort of the go-to guy um, the prior two years as him being a leader uh, on and off the field as a captain. So it was a little bit different early on. Uh, but, again, I, I, I keep going back to my uh, senior captains, and um, they, they, they did an excellent job of keeping all of us connected. All right. I am kind of curious, Coach, you know, given that you've beaten, you mentioned New Bedford, your fair share of D1 teams, you know, hypothetically, if there was ever some sort of Super 8 tournament like they do, I think, in what is it, baseball and hockey, hockey yeah. we, you know, given that there's only, you know, two Eastern Mass Division II finals and that determines the state championship, 
would you be curious to see how something like that would work? I would love to be part of that. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I've seen the talk uh, out there, and people have brought it up. I'm good friends with the Walpole coach. I would love to be part of that, and it would be just another great challenge for our program. Absolutely. Um, Matt, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add. Or? No, I think, uh, I think I've asked pretty much everything I wanted to say, yeah. All right. Coach McCauley, we appreciate you having us on. Congratulations on another state championship. We're curious, when is the uh, banner going up? Uh, well, it's funny you say that we're in the planning stages right now. Uh, the boys will be receiving their rings uh, sometime, I believe, in January. Okay. Um, and we'll do that at halftime of a basketball game at Nauset High School. And our goal is to raise the banner then and hopefully the banner for a third straight All-American in a Delta Lobby the same night. Yeah, that's right. Any, the ring's any different than two years ago or anything new on these? Uh, we'll, do, we'll do something a little bit different, absolutely. We have several players uh, that are, have returned from that team, so I would like to think that they would want something a little different. So I will work with my athletic director, director on that, and we'll spice in that up a little bit. Um, but uh, right now we're really just enjoying it. I'm actually meeting with my team this afternoon, and I really, really look forward to seeing all of them again. So Sounds good, Coach. Thanks so much for talking to us. Have a great afternoon. Great, guys. Thank you very much. Take care. All right, that was Coach John McCauley, the NASA boys soccer team, the undefeated, I should say, yeah. state champion. You throw a lot of adjectives in front of that yeah, team. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Unstoppable would be one of them. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad. It's great to have coaches on. This is something that we hope to be doing in the wintertime, maybe more in-season, get somebody yeah. on once a week. We'd love to have an in-studio guest too. But We're obviously, still working out how to get that on the camera and not yeah. have it look weird when they leave. It's not always it's not always convenient to get people here to Hyannis uh, during the middle of the day. You'd yes. be surprised. Well, I mean, we're talking about coaches and players, so people who are you know in school during the time when we're right. recording. That's so. true. Um I don't know if you want to do a quick, just uh, again, Thanksgiving wrap-up. That sure. was the end of the fall season. Um, just want to finish out here. I know one game that really caught my attention was Cape Tech and Upper Cape. A 6 nothing. I was joking at the Mashpee Sandwich game because it was so cold and the offenses weren't moving. Mm -hmm. It could be 6 nothing when we're done today. Well, we had one game that was 6 nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Asher Estenville, 41 carries for 196 yards. Good for him. Uh, He's been yeah. part of that Cape Tech team for yeah. a long time. It's nice to see him have his, his moment on a team that doesn't right. have a lot of like really good moments. You know, I wasn't alive in 1930 with Harvard, Yale, with you know the leather helmets, but I can right. imagine that's the kind of game you would get just handoff after handoff probably yeah <laughs> and in a battle of attrition somebody's finally gonna score um and, and cape tech you know really finishes strong this season mm -hmm. um and upper cape you know had a great season too losing jazari salim was just devastating for that group yeah and clearly their offense wasn't the same after that but you know a couple of those players are coming back and and there's there's not to say that upper cape is is down and out yet so Another game that impressed me too, SJP um, beat Monomoy 12-6, the beginning of a new rivalry there. Mm -hmm. um, unbelievable game with uh, Darren Katz of a 90-yard fake punt return on the first score. And then he also he punted the ball to the one-yard line. Mm -hmm. Monomoy tried to punt into the wind. The ball went to like the seven. And then Jesse Judd punches it in for a four-yard touchdown. Nice. So um, nice win for St. John Paul, which is really shorthanded. Didn't have their quarterback, Mike Sakovich. Who, who himself was their backup quarterback. Right. Um, so, great finish for the Lions, considering a, a difficult day to play. Yeah, nice job for Katzif. He's going to go to Sal Virginia and play football there next year, so a good way for him to kind of wrap up his varsity career. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that there were any 
like outcomes that were surprising other than obviously Nasset beating DY what a finish. on, on Wednesday Best finish night. of the season in a way, I feel like. Yeah, I, I think Nasset's another story we can absolutely talk about as one of the, the real good feel-good stories of this year is their resurgence, their making the playoffs, their competing, their beating some teams that they had struck. I mean, what was it, 2003 was the last time Nasset beat DY or something like that? So 2003 was when the streak began. So 2002 was the last time Nasset beat so DY. 16 years. And put it in perspective, that was when DY, when Paul Funk, this is, I think, Paul Funk's second year, right. a first year that DY became varsity because DY's program took a major hit in the, early, in the late 90s, early right. 2000s. Funk came in and really built that program from a JV program at one point all the way into a, a mm-hmm. two-time state championship winning program. Yep. So, but still, I mean, this rivalry got what it needed. Nosset winning with a dr- in such a dramatic way with McLebarge going mm-hmm. in from the two. And well, what a crazy way that game ended. You know, they had a snowy, blustery wind come right in. They had Robbie Wright on the field to, to kick the field goal, and they said, no, throw your offense back out there. You have a better shot. They ran a wedge and ISO right up the middle and mm-hmm. scored. And just a great decision to take the time out, think over your options, and then get the winning play there. I agree. And and what a way for that season to end too. You know, Nasset's first game against Sharon, they lose on a botched extra point um, by Robbie Wright, and then end of the season you're at the fault, goal line. No, it wasn't his fault. Was but what I'm saying <laughs> is, is that because of the extra point, that's why they lost. Right. The game. Yep. Uh, bad snap, I think it was. Yeah. Something like that. To be clear, um, and, and they finish with it with a dramatic last second play. Unfortunately for DY, it was kind of its story on defense the whole year. Just late drives. Yeah. Getting beaten on late drives. I think three games. You had the Marshall game with the Hail Mary. You had Situate. The Situate's state, the one that stinks. That really stinks. So that was a playoff game. And then obviously you have Nosset. So, you know, it, it's football sometimes. And yeah. We, we weren't sure what was going to happen to DY this year because so many of their key players from last year's team were seniors. They were very good at times this year, but they were also very inconsistent and they mm-hmm. had defensive letdowns. And that's kind of what maybe happens when you have a team that, that takes the hits that it took after uh, after last fall. Right. And I was talking to some other coaches about this. You know, they said that DY, as running that spread offense, they would have had a really difficult team, I think, with a team like Holliston, which was mm-hmm. in the semifinals, very fast, fairly similar to DY. Yep. But I, they were saying they could have gotten by Canton, a team that knocked off found with because Canton's mm-hmm. more big physically, yep. but maybe wouldn't have been able to match the speed of guys like Jeffrey Jamiel, who I'm really excited to see in his junior year next year. Oh, yeah. Had an outstanding season this year. And I think he's only going to get better from this point on. Definitely. They just got to find a way to get him the ball. But certainly a lot to be desired for DUI, who I think now is going to still need a new quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. Peyton Doyle, great career for him to step in this year and be quarterback. And um, really a running first kind of guy, but I think he really found his way with the passing game this year. And with guys like Jamie, it kind of makes it easy. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think, you know, he was their most consistent, I think, offensive playmaker, uh, uh, Peyton Doyle, was with receivers like Jamie. You know, they're losing some of their senior receivers. They're losing Jaquan Phillips. They're losing Darian Thompson. So, again, what are they going to do next year? Are they going to develop an actual running back, or are they going to move Jamie to running back, which they have done with – a number of their receivers over the years, including Jamiel's old, older brother, Andrew. Uh, and is that going to work? Cause they tried that this year and it didn't really work. You know, they guys like Darian Thompson, who is better as a receiver and a defensive back. He never quite figured it out how to really put up the same numbers as a running back. So mm-hmm. 
a lot to be wondered for next year. But yeah. for now, we're on to the winter sports season. Um, we'll be trading in. Well, actually, we'll be keeping on the same roller coaster. It's going to be just as cold inside these ice rinks and, <laughs> yeah, and other right. places we have to cover games this year. So I, will, I like covering basketball. Yeah, so that'll wrap it up for the Cape Sports Now fall finale. If you missed the show live with our call and guests, uh, DUI field hockey coach Mary O'Connor and Nassip Boy soccer coach John McCauley, uh, you can check out the show at capecuttimes.com slash capesportsnow. You can also download the show on iTunes and uh, Google Play Store. Mm -hmm. And um, you can also go to our Facebook page, our Cape Cod Times Facebook page, if you miss the show live too. Um, follow us on Twitter for uh, for all your updates on different um, events going on. Um, at SportsCCT. You can also find me on Twitter at, at Steve underscore Derdarian. That's D-E-R-D-E-R-I-A-N. And I'm at Matt Goisman CCT. That's M-A-T-T. G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T. We're off next week, but we will be back in two weeks to get full, go full swing into the winter. Great. We'll see you then. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.